Hello. Hello and welcome to episode 29. 29? Holy shit. That's weird. Uh, For those of you who don't know, it's my birthday week. I will be turning 29 on Thursday. Holy shit. Getting old. It's weird, but I have friends that are older, so it's okay. I'm not always the oldest guy in the room, so I'll be alright until that's the point. But, anyways, episode 29, you're listening to it now. Just a weird coincidence, don't you think? Anyways, hello and welcome to episode 29 of Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now, before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode with Mario. For, you know, thanks for listening to that, if you did. But, you know, if you didn't, that's okay too. I'm glad you're here now. Thanks for coming by for some reason. Whatever. You could go back and listen to Mario's if you wanted to. Or you could just stay here and listen to Josh. Because that's who's on the show today. My friend Josh. And for those of you who do not know him, he is somebody who I met in the uh, the Pittsburgh alternative indie hip-hop scene. You know, as an up-and-coming, inspiring artist. And he was, you know, doing some stuff that I felt like I connected with on a level that was deeper than just, like, the surface of his music. I felt like his work ethic and his drive was really similar to mine. And getting to know him, you know, I found out that that shit was actually pretty fucking true. You know, we have a lot in common as far as, uh, you know, what inspires us and where we came from and how we stumbled into making hip-hop and the reasons why we're doing it. And, uh, but we're also going to talk about just in general, you know, his upbringing and how he came up, his struggles as a youth. And, uh, we'll also get into a graphic novel that he's currently working on that is really fucking cool. I haven't talked to any graphic novel comic book types yet. Have I? No, I haven't. So that's a first. Woo! And, uh, yeah. All right. How about enough of that? And, you know, we'll get into it. Sit back. Relax. And let's start the motherfucking beat! But, you know, okay, so you're a pretty carefree guy. You've always seemed yeah. like you've kind of been able to keep your cool. For the most part, How yeah. How does that work? How does that work? <laughs> Very carefully. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, the, I don't get really f- that frustrated outside of work. Work is where <laughs> my frustration can tends to What do you do? Swell up. I um, am a behavioral health technician. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, uh, I basically counsel you know, teenage drug addicts with behavioral issues, and I try to help them not have behavioral issues anymore, (laughs) which is difficult. So, yeah, I'm sure you deal with a lot of stress and things related to that. 
Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. At what age range are they? We've had kids anywhere from like eleven years old to twenty years. Oh, uh, so that's like the worst. Yeah, like the honestly, like it's the it's the eighteen to like like seventeen to like twenty year old range. Oh yeah, terrible. Oh sure, because they they feel like uh-huh. they're adults or yeah. whatever. They're men now. Yeah, you'll be yeah. like, why don't you not like. Instead of thinking of it like that, like think, try to think of it like fuck you, like <laughs> immediately. It's like you can't tell me, and yeah. it's like uh, that's terrible. Yeah. How'd you get into that? Um, well, whenever I was younger, I kind of went through a phase where I did a lot of uh, a lot of drugs, oh, and yeah? uh, I had a lot of behavioral issues of my own. Anyone who's known me from like middle school onward, like uh, middle school through high school, I was kind of like a psycho. Like, really? Yeah, I like I was like you know like like, like how? Let's I'm intrigued. Let's oh, talk shit. about this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, smoked a lot of pot and uh, then I started doing a lot of pills. I had this okay. girlfriend at the time who was like, "Why Didn't don't help? you do this with me?" And I was sure. like, "Cool, I'll do that. Uh, sure." Yeah, and uh, yeah, she was like older, and I felt like I was cool because I was dating like an older chick, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll do that too." So, started getting into drugs that way, and then like slowly like my like mindset just like changed on life in general and I was just kind of like very jaded, very bitter and like I was When just, did that happen? Like fourteen, fifteen. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then like I still you know, I started like not liking people at school and shit like that. And instead of being like the normal person that like gets all like quiet and leaves people alone, I kind of like just threatened to beat people up and <laughs> kill them and shit like that. I was just like a little I was like a I was a little psycho for a while. Okay, like. so you, so your uh, your your hatred for the world wasn't bottled up. You're no, very, it was like you were very vocal yeah. about that. Yeah, it was very like it was very like right there on my sleeve, and I didn't <laughs> I didn't care. I just so, kind of like lashed out on whoever. Okay, so how long did this go for? And like what? Well, when did uh was there like a like a, a super low dark point? Yeah, I got I got arrested a couple times in school for uh, the one time I threatened to kill a kid. So this is still and, in uh, high school. This was this was actually in eighth grade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I threatened to kill this kid because I was doing pretty poorly in school because I didn't care and I never went. So like I had threatened to like you know kill this kid because we were doing a project together and I didn't want to fail it. It was like the only class that I was doing good in. So I. Uh, you know, I <laughs> threatened to kill him. He told his parents. His parents called the police. The police came to school. They arrested me to, like, you know, make a show out of it. They, like, went into my classroom and, like, arrested me in front of everyone, put cuffs oh, on geez. me and shit. Yeah. So it was, like, this big ordeal. And um, that was, like, the first time my mom came down. I didn't go. I didn't get sent anywhere that time. And then, like, the second time I got arrested, it was for, uh, I'd like, like physical um, physical violence for, for on a teacher, I guess. I put air quotes there though because I didn't. What actually happened? Did you do like anything. throw an eraser at him? No, or I like threw a chair in his general direction. <laughs> but to be fair, he um, he had he was making he was literally making fun of me for being poor. Uh, so like, I threw a chair at him. Sure. Did you, <laughs> you know? did you grow up on like a low income type of yeah. situation? Yeah, we were we were like Section Eight housing, all that shit. It was just me, my mom, my older sister, and my little sister. I got you. So like, yeah, it was pretty uh low income and like you know that was like a sore spot so the teacher like literally was making fun of me and i just threw a fucking chair oh uh, sure was he like in retrospect was he like one of those like like a, a teacher that's like too young to be teaching kids or was he like like an old fuck that just he was didn't just, care yeah he was like an old fuck that did, he was just like a rich old fuck and like because i went to um pine Ridgeland high school it's a uh, piece of shit it's okay. all rich families oh okay so you were one of those kids it's like your neighborhood wasn't good but it was attached to like 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. See, so I was like, in Woodland Hills, which was like all pretty much like middle, lower class uh-huh. kind of things. I but I, I had that. friends that went to different <laughs> schools that were like that. Yeah. Where their shitty neighborhood gets tacked in with all of the. Yeah. You know. That's exactly what happened. So like he was, you know, he he was like the the coach of the wrestling team or some shit. I forget what his name was, like Mr. Bronstein or something. Okay. Anyway, he threw. He, he said that shit, so I threw a chair at him, and then they called the police, and I got arrested, and then the next, I went home after that, like, my mom got me out of the, out of, you know, the police station, and I went home, and I woke up the next morning, like, there were sheriffs in my house telling me that they were taking me to the court, uh, Allegheny County Courthouse, <laughs> and uh, I got sent, I got sent to the place that I actually work at now, though, so. Oh, okay, so, so like, it came full circle. Yeah, I got sent there, and uh, I was there for three and a half months, it was a pretty shitty situation, but I learned a lot from it and then whenever i got out i uh kind of tried to straighten out my life didn't really work oh, really? Until I so you were like still like 15 16 this time so yeah and then like it didn't really work but like it like planted the seed and then like whenever i got older i just kind of like as i grew up you I slowly realized, faded yeah. out of it yeah and i just like became a normal human being and then i uh then um <laughs> you know i was out of work for a while and my sister uh my older sister she was like um She's like, why don't you try to work, though? Because I've always wanted to do, like, counseling or, like, some sort of, like, therapy-type work. And uh, she was like, why don't you apply? I was like, I don't have any, you know, credentials, but I did it anyway just to see and uh, got hired, and I've been there for over a year now, so. Well, that's cool. Yeah. You know, you're helping out the kids. Like, <laughs> trying, yeah. Do you ever pull, like, the, when I was your age, I was here? <laughs> yeah, I or do, Are you, like, actually... not allowed to talk about that? No, like, they, they, they actually, they're cool with me talking about it. Like, they... they um, like whenever you first start, they try to tell you not to talk about your like personal life that like life, life that much. But sure. um, but I found that like it's really like the kids don't give a shit unless they under like unless they realize that you actually do understand. So yeah. like whenever I talk about like the fact that I was literally there, they're usually they open up a lot more and it's easier for me to like become like the cool guy that they'll like as opposed to like <laughs> the asshole that's just telling them what to do. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, um, when did you start getting into music did that was that like a product of you like finding yourself and finding yeah. a positive way to get out this negative energy yeah it started out that way i guess um like i got like uh i got like really like all my friends played guitar i started playing cello whenever i was in like elementary school and i okay. thought it would be cool for me to like play like you know a stringed instrument like that and uh, I ended up quitting, like, two years later because all my friends started playing guitar, and I was like, yeah, I want to do that, too. <laughs> like, fuck the cello, yeah. which I regret because now I love it, and I'm not as good as I could be, and that's, like, if I'd have played my entire life, it would have been awesome. But anyway, um, yeah, so I started playing guitar, like, you know, Blink-182, shit like that, and then um, I uh, got into, like, heavier music, like, you know, the general yeah. way everyone does. Like, I went to Warp Tour and found out about good bands, and then... I started playing guitar and shit like that. I was in a couple metal bands. I was in a couple, like, screamo bands throughout middle school and high school. And then, like, um... That was the time, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing all that. I was in a band at one point called Black Roses Fade. Which Sick. is, like, as, as fucking emo, <laughs> as emo as it can get. <laughs> you can really... It, it was actually kind of cool now. I was like, I don't even need to ask somebody how old they are if they could say I was in a screamo band in high school. Yeah. I know exactly how old they were. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And so I did that, and, um, I ended up... Uh, you know, doing that for a while, we always, like, played out, like, around, like, the area and stuff like that, and then, uh, I ended up not, uh, not doing so, not, like, I don't know, like, uh, band situations for me tend to get pretty messy sometimes. Like, working um, with other people? Yeah, I, I tend to get, like, 
pretty controlling creatively. Oh, like, sure. I um, I can relate. You know, I like to like, I like to have everything the way that it is in my head. And like, whenever someone else is like, oh no, let's not do that, or like wants to just like go over something that's like, you know, they just want to kind of like shove a little aside and like, yeah. You know, I I don't like that. I kind of like tend to be a perfectionist whenever I'm writing. So like. That's how that happens. And then, um, so yeah, I didn't, I stopped doing that and I just started doing acoustic music because I could completely control that. Yeah. And I did that for years. Did you find that you were able to get the, the energy out that you wanted to being alone though? Yeah, actually. At first I, at first it was a little tricky because like I wanted this, I still wanted to be like metal and like, <laughs> and I couldn't because I was, you know, playing acoustic. Yeah. But like, I eventually found like this nice little, uh, like, th like my own groove. Like I, um, I, I made pretty heavy acoustic music, which is, which was pretty cool. I thought like, I, as far as I knew, like no one else was really doing anything like that around like my area or like anywhere that I was aware of. So like, it was sure. a lot of fun and I had a lot of fun doing it. People tended uh, to like it, which was cool. You know, I had a lot of people that were interested in it back whenever I was doing it and it was fun. Um, I always kind of like, ended up screaming a little bit and stuff like <laughs> I did like the whole like you know like it wasn't like screaming scream it was like the sing scream type deal and yeah. I, did, I did that and, like that passion yeah and I got like real heavy like I would break strings every show like all of them it didn't matter oh, that's, like that's expensive yeah it was pretty bad I started bringing <laughs> I started bringing two sets of strings with me to every show that I would play because I would break them in um I would have to use like a buddy's guitar and then they would string it for me <laughs> now don't break guitar. this shit yeah it was <laughs> it got pretty bad but yeah, I would always break because like my strumming is just I can't control the, I don't know I can't control it. <laughs> it just You're still goes. working through those anger issues. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. I do. <laughs> well, it's good you, you moved on from the the math teacher to yeah. countless acoustic guitar yeah, strings. Yeah, just beat up guitars. <laughs> <laughs> um, so from the acoustic stuff, you eventually get into hip hop. Yeah. So um, how did that happen? Did you grow up with hip hop? Were you listening to it, or did you just like? find some weird shit and you were like whoa yeah i that's pretty much it i was okay. um got into hip-hop at like the end of my high school experience okay yeah i was um oh god what was that website pure volume yeah you remember pure pure volume yeah i was like doing that whole like random thing that you could do like and um i found this i found idea you know idea yeah. i found um the song now by idea which is the one where he goes like super fucking fast and I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard. So, like, <laughs> it was like, it was like a guitar solo with your voice. Yeah. So I was like, that's awesome. So I used, I started listening to Idea, and um, there was, like, a couple other, like, real, real shitty guys that I was listening to. There's this group called Dark Cloud that, like, whenever I listen to now, I'm like, what the fuck did I like this for? It happens but, with, you know. Yeah. I uh, started listening to that, and um, I've, then, like, you know, I got into, like, hip-hop that way. Like, started listening to Aesop Rock, yeah. Uh, you know, sadistic Christoph Crane, people like that. Yeah, Aesop Rock was the big one for me. Yeah, Aesop Rock, the album None Shall Pass was the first album I ever heard from him, and I was blown away. In my, like, I showed it to my friend Hunter, uh, who, like, I always, like, me and him work with together a lot on music, so, I, and he never liked hip-hop, so I showed it to him, and he called the, he called Aesop Rock the Mars Volta of rap. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, that's, you know, that's kind of accurate. Yeah, no, no, it's... It's very uh, musical and progressive, especially that album, you know, is, yeah. he's, uh, it's really ambitious. I really like his stuff a lot, yeah. but I never wanted to emulate it. I don't feel like I'm smart enough to, even if I wanted to try. Yeah, I feel like there's not a lot of people smart enough to do that. I yeah. mean, he's, his vocab is out of control. Sometimes it seems like a little bit nonsensical, though, at times. It does. Like, I don't even know if like he knows what he's saying. I yeah. feel like he can get away with that at this point. He, he can. can probably just 
say some shit and people were like, whoa, that's so deep because they're able to <laughs> attach some meaning to it. But uh, I feel like even he might not have yeah. an explanation for some of the shit. Definitely. I agree. I definitely agree <laughs> with that. Like if you listen to his Hail Mary Mallon verses, especially, like, yeah. oh, they're just nonsense. <laughs> he says things that are just pure. There's no way they could mean anything. <laughs> and it's hilarious. I yeah, love it. <laughs> but it's like, it's still, it's uh, more for like, his uh, delivery in, like, the rhyme schemes that he chooses yeah. that are just really weird. Yeah. I've, just, like, I very can, unpredictable. Like, uh-huh. you never really know where he's going. Yeah. And I can listen exciting. To, I can listen to Ace for hours, and I and I do, like, all the time. I just, it's, like, I'll just, it's like, like, you know, you could listen to a song of his that you've heard a couple dozen times, and you'll pick out something new. Yeah, and it's and awesome. It, it's... And, like, occasionally you might catch a metaphor that does make sense that you never noticed before. Mm. Or something that you might not have known about at the time, but a couple years later you've come into contact with something and you can, like, make this pop culture connection that he made that you didn't get, but now you get. Yeah, definitely. Or there's been times where I've been watching something and I'm like, oh, that's what the fuck he was talking about. You know, like, it clicks in because it's, like, just certain phrases that he's said. Like, um, the, uh, I twist characters, like twist characters. Like, what the fuck is that? What the fuck was he talking about? But there's a graffiti artist named Twist who does all these really contorted, weird things. And then it clicked one day. I was like, that's what he's talking about. All right. That's pretty cool. (laughs) That is cool. Yeah. Or maybe that's not what he's talking about. He just (laughs) happened to say that shit and I was able to apply it to something. Yeah. That's, that's like, that's what I really like about his lyrics, honestly. (laughs) I love that. Like, um. On Skeleton, he has this one. He has that one song where he's talking about uh, Bob's Donuts or whatever. Oh, okay. And uh, I got, like, I got like this whole like separate thing than my friend did out of it. Like, I thought it was like I thought the whole song was about like some sort of cult and like like religious cult and stuff like that. And my buddy was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, I don't know. It's just cool that like it can mean yeah. different things to everyone. And dude, there's that line on that album. Fuck, what is it? It's like it's so simple, but it's the coolest shit ever. It's like. The, uh, like, what did symbols under the dresser mean, or whatever yeah. he says? Yes. That shit is like, whoa. Yes. He says, uh, what did, he says, I'm so, I'm so off the, I'm so off the goddamn grid. It's, yeah, fuck. Uh, I can't, we're, I don't we're can't, on the same I can't page. Think, I know, yeah, I Anybody love Anybody that's listening to this, if they know what we're talking about, <laughs> there's no way you didn't hear that shit and you weren't like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, it's. It's oh, like I'm is, so it's like I'm so completely off the goddamn grid. It's not a question of addressing me. It's, it's a what question a, of what yeah. what do under, these symbols under the dresser? Yes, mean? that's what it is. I love that he has a way of making like that song in general is like pretty dark for him. But like he has a way of like saying a, like a sentence like that where it, ha- it has so many like undertones of like horror elements. I feel yeah. like and like it's really really cool. Like if. Like, Hail Mary Malin, that whole album to me, I feel like it's, like, some sort of weird horror album, the first Hail Mary Malin album. Like, whenever I listen to it, like, there's this, like, weird, eerie feel about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I like that he do- that he can do that just by, you know, saying stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really cool. I wish that I could, like, make my brain work like that. But when I write, like, I don't, I kind of don't want people to have to decode what I'm saying. I guess whenever yeah. I'm writing things, I want it to be very direct. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be, like, stupid. Like, you know, like, this, 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 this. Yeah. I want there to be some art and craft to it. But I also, I want people to be able to relate to it easier. Because I guess, like, I'm not really, I don't tend to write about, like, 
fictional situations. I kind of mm-hmm. write about things from life. Yeah. So I kind of want people to hear what I'm saying and be like, oh, I get what he's talking about. Absolutely. So, I don't know. We're, how, we're, I feel like with your stuff, you're kind of leaning more towards that as well. Although you tend to be a little bit more poetic yeah. than I am. Yeah. Um. Anyone that has heard my music and knows who Sadistic is knows that I was uh, that I am incredibly influenced <laughs> by him to the point where like sometimes even I have to like rewrite something or do something over because I'm like that was sadistic that wasn't even fucking sure me. but like um so I uh, got like like going back to what we were talking about I got in the idea Aesop Rock and sadistic and Christoph Crane like that whole like um like Midwest hip-hop thing that happened like um like rhyme sayers they're, yeah. they're all you know midwest like pos all them and um i i started noticing that like they they were a lot more poetic than the stuff that i had been previously listening to and i thought that that was really interesting because like you know i grew up like my mom always had like a huge emphasis on like literature and like reading like in my household that was like the only thing that she ever put an emphasis on for some reason but sure. that was it so um you know i i really liked poetry growing up i really liked you know, writing, like writing was like my favorite thing in the world. So like, um, whenever I started, you know, to get into doing hip hop myself, I just decided I would try it one day. And, um, I pretty much just wrote everything as if I was writing a poem and not a hip hop song. Cause like, yeah, I never got too into like anything that was too like, like hood or anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I never, yeah, yeah. I could never get down with any of that. It was just nothing that I was, you know, that could, could, could exactly relate to, you know, yeah. there's like, you know, things that you can always relate to. In it's, most so music, you, didn't, but... you couldn't relate to it and you didn't really have a passion to pretend to relate to it. Yeah. Either. Yeah. So I just started, you know, writing the way I've always written. Like if you go back through like my catalog of, of, of music that I've made, um, I've always been very poetic in the way that I write my lyrics. It's just like how I like to do things. Yeah. Um, it's like what my brain like does. And I, I've tried to write different ways before just for fun, like as an exercise and I can't like, I pretty much have like my style and that's what I do now. Um, so whenever I started writing hip hop stuff, I just figured I would do that as well. And I thought it would be better because, um, what started happening with my acoustic music was I was writing way too many lyrics that then like one acoustic song could hold sure and like i started not having, enough like, musical parts yeah to handle like yeah i started having these really long songs and people my buddies were like these are too long like, no <laughs> one's gonna want to listen to them and i was like yeah i was like that's probably true like yeah so i um you know i found that hip-hop was a really good outlet for my more wordy stuff yeah so that's where that came about and i um started i the conflict that way <laughs> Um, the first, the first thing I worked on, uh, was that, that ghost album. If yeah. you remember that, that was an experiment. That was me seeing if I could fuse all the music that I like into one and it, I couldn't. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. I tried to do that before. Yeah. You know, uh, I had a time period where I was doing Sykes and I was obviously influenced by dozens of other styles of music mm-hmm. and I wasn't in like four bands like I am now. I didn't yeah. have that access. So I was like trying to cram it all into one thing. And it was just, yeah, there's some really, really cool ideas on there. There's some stuff that I listen to now and it makes me cringe. Yeah. That's, but exactly... that's all part of the growing process. Yeah. I guess, you know, yeah, that's I'm what... happy the whole thing happened, mm-hmm. but it's, it was, yeah, you yeah. can't do it. It, it ends up being, a, it ends up becoming a mess. Like I, I, that's the same thing. Like I listen to it now and like, I'll hear like some cool ideas that I had and then I'll also hear stuff that I'm like, why the fuck did I even try that? <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, then I, um, 
you know, I worked on Voyager after that, and uh, that was where I decided, like, I was going to do, like, I was going to stop using any analog instruments and just do, like, straight up, like, I got um, a pretty nice keyboard, uh, MIDI controller for Christmas, and, because uh, I can't afford that shit, so yeah. I got a pretty nice one for Christmas, and um, it had some drum pads on it and stuff like that, so I started learning how to use it, and I started making beats, and that was, like, uh, you know, I like darker sounding stuff, that's like yeah, how I've yeah. always been, and, uh... So I guess that's what happened with it was a That was a drastic improvement yeah. from your from the Ghost album. Well, thanks. <laughs> um, no, it was... I think that it was equally as ambitious, but more focused mm -hmm. when I listened to it. And it yeah. has, like, this, uh, this, like, theme, like a... I don't want to say, like... I don't, I don't know if applying the word fantasy to it is right, but it has, like, this, like... This... I feel like, like, a, van like a fantasy story... Mm -hmm. Kind of like telling like vibe throughout the yeah. whole thing. Um, I definitely get what you get what you mean on that because like whenever it's just I was, like the feel of it. Yeah, whenever I was writing it, I was kind of going through like this whole interesting, uh, like self discovery phase. I I grew up pretty like in a religious household. And, okay. Um, you know, so I've always kind of had like this like in the back of my mind like what do I believe type you know crisis going on constantly. And, um, so, like, a lot of that was channeled through Voyager, which is, like, you know, where I got the idea for the album was kind of, like, I felt like up until I, you know, started writing that kind of stuff, I was, like, like, the first song on Voyager is called Wanderer, and then the last song is called Voyager, as opposed, like, you know, more focus and direction, as opposed to just kind of, like, drifting through life. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that's, like, kind of where I was at. I was just trying to fig figure out my, my own brain at that point, and, uh, so that's, I guess, where that, like, theme comes from, because I kind of wanted to tie the whole thing together so yeah i definitely get what you're saying <laughs> yeah that aspect. it's like a it's like a journey yeah i felt that and you just explained that it yeah. was yeah so i think you got your point across from <laughs> well, performer good. to listener well, i picked good. up on it that's good my the next the next album's not going to be like that though the next album's going to be a lot different um because now that i've if you want to look at it, it's like the voyage. <laughs> now that I've now that I've figured out what I now you figured out where you're going. Well, yeah, you, like you've set course. Yeah, I guess with my next <laughs> album, I'm gonna get there. <laughs> it's like <laughs> no, but for real though, um, like it's gonna be my next album's gonna be even darker. Um, okay, I've cool. kind of decided on how I feel about things, and like it tends to be to like sort of nihilistic sure. and, and stuff like that. Like that's kind of like where I'm at now, like in my mind set I, with like I, how I, I look you. at things. Yeah. So I guess my next album, like, the stuff that I've been writing lately, like, the lyrics, at least, I haven't worked on um, too much, like, music yet, but the, the lyrics that I've been writing, they're all, they're all, they all tend to be pretty dark and pretty, like, hopeless, but yeah. I, you know what I mean? It's an avenue. No, I feel like I'm one of the few people that I, I, I find hope in shit like that, because mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, like, there's other people that are as miserable as me, this yeah. is cool, yeah. and I, it makes me feel better to listen yeah. to that stuff. That's how I've always been, too, like, if someone else <laughs> feels like... You know what I mean? Like, that there's no hope. I'm like, well, maybe there is yeah. some sort of hope. Yeah, like, you, you know, because it's, you, it's, a uh, you gotta let that shit out somehow. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, I'd rather get that shit out through my music and hopefully other people that are as troubled as yeah. me, troubled in quotation marks. Yeah. Or other people going through some shit can go through it together through music and not have to, you know, put it onto, like, their loved ones and other yeah, people in their absolutely. life. absolutely. It's like... That's the best way to look at things, I feel like, is because, like, I know whenever I don't write for a, for a while, I tend to, like, that's whenever, like, depression seems to, like, sure. set in. And it's, like, whenever I write that shit, I get it out, and, like, I don't have to focus on it anymore, so then I can actually be, like, a, yeah. you know, pretty happy person, generally. Like, I'm not... Dude, 
Yeah, yeah dude. I've been like so fucking antsy lately because like this the Sykes album, the new one that I'm getting ready to record, it's all like pretty much ready to go and now i'm just kind of like waiting for this process for us to be able to like record the drums mm-hmm. at a studio before i can move forward and it's like this month period that i have to wait yeah and it's fucking killing me because yeah. it's like i don't know what the fuck to do i'm just like so antsy and i'm like yeah and i i literally am at a standstill like i can't do anything else until we get to that point that's like, fuck yeah that would want to do it suck but <laughs> we're getting there that's i'll good. be okay um, but have you ever, I had this realization somewhat recently about the kind of music that we make and <laughs> the music that we're making or the people that we're making this music for. Mm-hmm. And it's like, have you ever thought about the fact that we're like making music that reaches out to people who typically aren't looking to be re- like reached out to? Like, (laughs) does that make sense to you? It does. It does make sense. Like, I feel like I'm like making music that's like, yeah, I want to connect with like jaded people that like hate everything and, you know, don't want to deal with bullshit. Mm -hmm. But it's like those people don't reach out for things and they don't want people to reach out to them. So it's like I'm reaching out to an audience that doesn't want to be. Yes. I actually uh, like reached out to like I'm not I can't like word that right, but. In my head, it makes sense. Yeah, I think I know exactly what you mean. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why, like, I don't know. I've noticed there's a trend, in in Pittsburgh at least, where it's like, people aren't very receptive of music these days. You know what I mean? Like, um, like shows people don't show up to, or, like, people won't, like... You can post on Facebook, like, I had a really fucking shitty day today, and everyone's like, 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 like. And then you post, (laughs) like, I made a new song today, and everyone's like, no. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like... And I feel like that's that's that has to do with the Facebook, kind of music that we're making. Yeah, well, that and it's, in general, the digital medium is becoming really, really uh, unproductive for people that are in a, in, involved in music. Yeah. Because, you know, nine times out of ten, I feel maybe that that's just some s- statistic I made up that might not be true. <laughs> but the majority of the time when people are looking through Facebook, for example, it's on their phone. Yeah. You know, and they're fucking driving down the street, you know, they're at a red light. So they're, they don't have the time to listen to your song right now. Yeah. If it's like your homie, they might click like because they're stoked that you put out a song, but they're not listening to it. Yeah. Happens to me all the fucking time. I'll put out a song and it'll be like 50 likes. And I check the plays, 10 plays. Uh-huh. It's like, what the fuck is that all about? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't think I'm like waiting for Bandcamp's algorithms to catch up. I just think these yeah. fuckers are just like, are just not, they want to support, but it's not like. It's like a pat on the back kind of support, mm-hmm. not it's like, like oh a, yeah, good job, you made a, you made a song. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like you really need to get out there with physical media, talking to strangers and like playing shows. Even if you're like going to shows that you're not playing, if it's like a hip hop show that people like some weird shit, just start handing out CDs. I mean, granted, that's nothing I've done, but it's something I'm thinking about yeah, doing. It's... I think it might be a good idea, especially with the way all of this like digital stuff is going it, yeah. you can't get people to pay attention to it you're just another guy with a song yeah it's I definitely... like you need to get like some cool packaging down talk to some people it makes a world of difference just yeah. to be like hey you know just reaching out to people in general yeah you know because you were you reached out to me just like hey i'm this guy that's yeah. like i'm trying <laughs> to do this stuff and like i listened to it and i was like okay he's trying to do this let's get him a show yeah and now we're like Kind of homies, I guess. Yeah. You know, we see each other every once in a while. Yeah. You're we here. Play. We're talking. I think every every show I've played in the past 
like year it's been with with you or through you somehow so <laughs> yeah i know so I, yeah I, definitely I, I uh i recognize um your your drive mm -hmm. and your passion to do something yeah so definitely if anything that's like one one indication of proof that like just reaching out to somebody blindly definitely helps yeah does help because you never know who you're gonna get a hold of yeah i agree with that i feel like um it gets pretty tough though to constantly do stuff like that over and over. You know what I mean? Like that's like where I that's yeah, like where that's I the, always well, get. I think that's why they call it the grind. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not easy. You just have to figure out like find your audience, find who is like repeatedly uh, interacting with shit that you post that's involved around your music. Mm -hmm. Like I started making notes. Like if I notice somebody is like continuously liking my shit, and it's somebody that like. I might not know that person that well, but they're always liking psych stuff. It's like, well, what's up with this? Mm -hmm. Shoot them a message. See who they're friends with. Yeah. See what they're listening to. Chances are their friends might be into the same weird shit. At least maybe one. Yeah. Even if they only have one other friend, they, it's like every penny adds up when we're at this level that we're at. Yeah. You know, it's like, fuck. How do you feel about the uh, hip-hop community in Pittsburgh and how that kind of goes? Because I feel like with, like, uh, Essentially, like, with our styles, where it's, like, it's more, like, alternative rap, like, out there, different than from what most of the people around here are doing, I feel like our reception is never that great in, like, hip-hop community by itself, you know what well, I mean? Well, I feel like the the thing with that is that I think that the people in the hip-hop community here, even if you're doing something different, um, if you're genuine and you're showing that you're passionate about mm -hmm. it, people are gonna reach out to you and they're mm -hmm. going to be into it or they're going to be more willing to support you. And I noticed this just from like when I first started doing shows, I was playing all hip hop shows, doing shows with club rappers to like the most conscious underground hip hop pulling words out of the sky kind of yeah. like, you know, <laughs> to like freestyle. Like I played shows with all kinds of rappers across the board and it's like, but no matter what, no matter how different I was, I always stood out no matter what. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I gave the performance like 110%. And then some, you know, and then people would reach out and people were supportive. And then somewhere along the road, I decided that, you know, I was either too good to play those shows or I was just, I felt like I was out of place. So I started playing shows with rock groups because I felt like I fit in more. Mm -hmm. But what I noticed over the course of a couple years was that when I played those hip hop shows, I didn't feel as confident there because I felt like I was the outsider. Mm -hmm. I wasn't giving like that, like I'm the outsider, but I'm going to show you what I can do kind of mentality. It was like, I'm the outsider. I'm going to act weird. Yeah. It, 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 uh, it people, it turned people off. Yeah. I guess. So it's like, and now I'm starting to realize like, Oh, like you need to be confident all the time. Yeah. Like, even if it's like, even if you're in a place where you don't feel comfortable, it's, uh, you need to somehow fake it. Yeah. Like, when you're just starting shows and you're, like, naive and you don't know, you just want to play, you have this energy. It's like, yeah, I'm playing a show. But after you've played shows for so long, it's real easy to, like, feel like you're too good for a situation. Yeah. Like, I feel shitty saying that. But there are sometimes when I play a show, there's five people there and I'm playing with artists that I think, like, kind of suck. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, ugh. And then I'm like, I half-assed the performance. Yeah. But who knows? You know, there could be some, like, one really awesome person in that crowd that's just waiting for something like me mm -hmm. to latch on to. And, I, you know, they don't get it because I just give them a shitty performance. Yeah. I so, feel like... 
to answer your question. Sorry, I don't mean to no, keep cutting right. you off. Hey. Uh, I think that the Pittsburgh hip hop community and like the underground scene, everybody that I know for the most part, they're really, really cool, especially the people that are our age. There are a couple older people who I feel are just kind of like over it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if you are making music that they liked or not. They're just over it. Yeah. You know, they're just kind of pissed that they didn't make it yeah. or whatever, you know. But for the people that are in our age demographic i think that if you just show up and you know you give it 110 percent, you know and you're not doing something like contrived you know that they're gonna they're gonna support you in one way or another you know i um yeah i kind of noticed like what you're talking about like having the confidence and like showing up and doing what you do um that that's obviously (laughs) a good way to play a show like my, my biggest problem from transitioning to like acoustic music to hip-hop was that like whenever i played acoustic shows like i did that for so long that i just got like i was able to do it i could show up anywhere at this like i could do yeah. i could do it right now you, you know what i mean like, like sit there yeah. and do your thing and it's and it's great what i've what i found which is hard transitioning into hip-hop is i have nothing to hide behind <laughs> i have yeah. no guitar to hide behind so like that was like what i did like whenever i played a show like i would i would use my guitar as like a shield essentially from like sure from like whatever nervous crazy shit is going on in my head and whenever i'm doing hip-hop i'm like the first hip-hop show i ever played was actually at uh smiling moose with you and amok and uh there were some other people okay. that i can't yeah, remember yeah, yeah. but like that i was like i thought i was prepared for it then i showed up and i was like oh like i'm just standing up here by myself <laughs> now and i was like oh shit and that was like i like stared at the floor the entire time which i still do and uh <laughs> but like yeah i've noticed that like the transition from like that to that is like a lot different, and like it's like a, you have to have a different kind of persona, yeah, and and, and vibe whenever That's you do it. That's the thing with like it's weird. Like no matter what you're talking about, like even if you're talking about this, like you're doing some shit like we do, some like self defeating, yeah. thought out like woe is me kind of heavy shit. You still have to have this kind of like confident swagger on mm-hmm. stage since it's like a hip hop show because like it's like you're still an entertainer yeah especially if like if it's just you if you're maybe if you have a dj but most if you don't if it's just you and a backtrack mm-hmm. it's like you really need to have this storytelling kind of yeah. one man show presence like you can't just yeah sit there because it wouldn't even matter it doesn't it, it's like the mute at the show it's like the music isn't even that big of a deal yeah because you could have like you know the sickest fucking beats talking about like whatever like connecting you could like be doing something that should connect with everyone in the room but still if you don't have that performance yeah they're not gonna they're not gonna, not gonna click care at all because what you you figure most of the time you're nobody knows what the fuck you're saying anyway they can't make it out they might make out a few things here and there yeah. but the levels are never that good you no. know we're playing in places that are all fucked up yeah so it's just as long as like your your beats are banging kind of okay. You got some good low end in there, and you sound like you're keeping a confident rhythm, and like you know yeah. you look focused. People are gonna be like, oh yeah, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, no- I noticed that, and, and it's it's interesting because like I've definitely gotten. I feel like from where I started playing hip hop shows to where I'm at now, I've gotten a lot better at trying to like capture the crowd and like do stuff like that. But like. I um I recently saw um, Cage and Sadistic at the uh, the Rex Theater, and that was where I realized that like I need to start doing something different because 
Cage, like I I like I liked early Cage. I don't like any of his newer stuff. Sure. But Cage is I don't know, it's amazing to watch him perform. Like I had never seen a hip hop artist capture a crowd the way he did. And it like it was amazing. He didn't have anything flashy either. Like he had him, a DJ that didn't have any lights on him or anything like yeah. so you couldn't see the DJ. It was just Cage and he was just doing whatever the fuck he wanted essentially and it looked awesome so it was like he played songs that i didn't even like and i was like fuck yeah this is awesome and like you know what i mean so i definitely know what you're talking yeah. about there and, and like, i think it's... that like too there's like this certain thing that happens when you reach like a cage level mm -hmm. of like okay like you're going into a place knowing that there's 500 a thousand kids there maybe even more that know your shit yeah and they're stoked to see you yeah that, like, it breaks this barrier of, mm -hmm. like, never, like, of, like, where you're going to a show and you're playing in a room with, like, 30 people. And you know maybe half of them don't even want to be there. They're just there because they're there with their boyfriend or their fr friend in another band's playing. So it's, like, you're, it's, like, a job interview. It really is, yeah. You know, and you're up against 30 people who are just ready to judge you. Yeah. And find some reason not to like you or they want to like you. But they're, like, putting all this pressure on you mm -hmm. because you're, uh, oh, like, who's this fucking guy? Mm -hmm. What's this going to be like? Maybe that maybe people don't really think like that. I don't know. That's just what <laughs> I think in my head. Yeah, I know. You know, that... when you're playing to rooms of people that don't know you personally, don't know your music, they don't know anything about you. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, this is, you know. Yeah. I've gotten over that, but still sometimes, depending on the situation... It could really fuck with me, and that's what started to fuck with me a lot in recent years doing just hip hop shows, you know, because it's yeah. like I don't, I don't feel comfortable calling myself a hip hop artist. Yeah, because I feel like I'm not. I mean, I do hip hop influenced music, mm -hmm. but I don't like to say that. <clears throat> what is wrong with me? <laughs> I don't like to consider myself an MC or say that I make hip hop because I feel like it's a blow to people that really do do that as an art. Like, yeah. I mean, like, for a very high example, Aesop Rock. Yeah. Or, like, a lower one, like, a POS, or, mm -hmm. you know, somebody that's very lyrical, you know? I feel like my point when I'm making songs is I have a, a story or a theme that I want to tell and get that across. Yeah. I don't really go out of my way to get super lyrical. Mm -hmm. Maybe sometimes I might luckily stumble into something that's like, oh, wow, that was kind of deep. Yeah. But I never see, like, set out purposely to okay. do that so i don't feel that it's fair to con call like yeah call myself that I, I, more than anything it's like i'm like an electronic music producer that's doing something that's kind of hip-hop influenced mm -hmm. kind of rock influenced just kind of yeah i don't know i don't really know what to call it yeah I, I don't like to call it hip-hop so when i'm in a hip-hop environment i feel like i shouldn't be there that's not the case but it gets in my head so much that yeah just fucks with me yeah i know whenever i tell people that i do hip-hop music they're like they laugh and they're like yeah okay you do but like in because it's you know like like you said it's kind of true like i don't necessarily consider what i do hip-hop either like it's easy yeah. to call it that because that's you know where most of the influence comes from yeah but like it's hard to say that i'm an actual hip-hop artist i yeah and it's you. hard to explain it to people too because you know i always try to tell people like oh when people, if people aren't aware of what I do and we're talking, like, oh, what do you do? Like, oh, I do music. Like, oh, what kind of music? And then, you know, sometimes in some conversations, depending on who it's with, I'll just be like, oh, like, I'm in a metal band because mm -hmm. I am. And then yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I kind of try to relate 
my project to who like whoever I'm talking to or meeting what I think they're gonna be into because it yeah. seems like the most productive thing to do. So sometimes it's like, well, I kind of do this like hip hop thing, but it's like kind of like rock influence, but it's not like rap rock. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so people are just staring at you like, like oh, like, what? what do you do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it, it's really hard to yeah. explain it. Yeah, I usually just tell people that I, um, what do I tell people? Like, some of the kids that I'll, that I'll work with, like, they'll ask me what I do because, like, they all find out somehow, like, one way or another, someone, they find out. I really don't know how these kids find out the shit that they find out about us, but it's crazy. Sure. They're, they're, these kids could be great detectives. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, like, they'll be like, oh, what kind of music do you make? And I'll be like, oh, it's like, it's like rap, but, like really poetic and they're like oh and then i just end up having to show them because they don't understand i don't know how to describe it any better than that yeah <laughs> you know what i mean i just yeah that's just how it has to that's just how i have to do things i guess these days how do you approach writing really fast hip-hop parts because you do it sometimes and you're really good at it thanks <laughs> and i have never fucking i mean it's just like i like the idea but anytime i'm like fuck like there's a song on the new album it's nothing like stuff that you do and i'm like fuck man i gotta slow this down or i just yeah. gotta it's just like i can't it's, like um do you like is there like a philosophy to like the words or the syllables that I you think choose so. i think so so um, you could like yeah you have to, to know like very short sharp words so you don't get caught up in like tongue twisters yeah you kind of have to know what you're gonna you have to know how long the section is gonna be before you do it so like whenever i write like a lot of times lately, because I really love the idea of, like, never having the same flow twice in one song. So, like, I really love the idea of consistently changing my the flow pattern. Okay. So whenever I'm doing that, like, as I'm writing, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to do, like, you know, force, like, like a stanza of the, like, I, I don't talk in... Like, I don't know what a bar is. I still, to this day, do not know what bars are. I know what they are. I understand what they are, but I don't, I can't describe how I write in bars. So I'll do, like, one stanza where it's, like, you know, four lines, and I'll, I'll know exactly how I'm going to do that, and I'll piece it together as I'm writing it. And then I'll, for the next one, I won't want to do the same thing, so I'll figure out what I'm going to do. So whenever I get to the parts where I want to do something, like, flashy, like, go fast, and I only do that. It's like, it's like a guitar solo in a song. It's, you do it to show off, and that's the only reason why, essentially. And um, whenever I get to that part... I'll know exactly how long I want it to be already. So I just have to make sure that what I'm saying makes sense because that's a big deal to me. I hate... Um, oh, yeah. There's like... You know, there's these fast rappers like Busta Rhymes. I'm sure people are going to like get pissed whenever I say this because everyone loves Busta. But like he is what I call like a syllable rapper. So like he'll say something and it doesn't really make sense he just throws in extra syllables whenever sure. he's doing it and that's how you get like really fast sounding like, shit ah, 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 ah. yeah and like <laughs> and like yeah and it like you get sounds fast and it sounds cool like Eminem just did it recently on that rap god song it, but they're not really saying anything so what I do is I make sure what I'm saying makes sense and I just you know which words have to be long and which words you want to have like you know like a longer word and then like a bunch of little sure. tiny words in between that you want to be able to transcribe it uh -huh. and it is cohesive yeah Whereas yeah. if you transcribe a Busta Rhymes song and yeah, try it to read it out sense. loud, it's like, well... Yeah, it won't make any sense. And that's that's the thing that like really pisses me off whenever everyone's like, oh, this guy's so good because he can rap fast. It's like, that doesn't make it good. What makes it good is that it's under, that you can understand exactly. Yeah, like, I guess that's... See, that's the thing with me. I guess like going back to me saying like I'm not very lyrical. I guess I am lyrical, but just in a different way. Yeah. You know, I just... I try... I want it to be like very cohesive. Yeah. I and think... I want... I hate one like... I want it to always stay on, like, a, a topic, too. Yeah. I hate, like, if you have, like, someone that's, like, I feel like I don't know enough of Lil Wayne's music 
but I can assume that he's probably the kind of guy that like one verse, like in one bar or stanza, whatever, <laughs> whatever makes you feel comfortable. He'll be talking about one thing and then just rotate to something completely different yeah. to something completely different to a hook. That's just catchy. Doesn't matter. And it's like, overall, the song doesn't really have any theme except for like, Maybe being like incredibly ignorant, yeah. or just having a lot of money in general. Yeah. I don't know. It's like I need like more focus. Yeah, and that's what I'm always drawn to with any type of music is like a song lyrically that has focus and tells me like a story or not. Maybe not even necessarily like a narrative, but just some sort of a point start to finish and stays within that. Yeah. Idea. Yeah, I definitely get that. Like that's like. That's definitely how I try to write. Like, um, whenever I, you know, if I realize, like, I'll start to write sometimes, and I'll do sort of like a, like a stream of consciousness, consciousness type thing. And like, once I realize I'm starting to get off topic, I'm like, okay, well, fuck this song. Like, you know what I mean? And I'll just yeah. start writing something new because, I, you know, you'll occasionally do that, but like, yeah. I would like like I don't want to release something that doesn't make sure. sense. Like, you know, I don't want people to, I don't want people like, let's say that's the first song they ever hear by me. I don't want them to be like, well, this idiot yeah. <laughs> isn't making any sense like you know what i mean do the like stream of conscious stuff and then like not look at it for some time and then go back to it yeah and like there's always like a few lines in there that i'm like whoa that fits so well into something else i already have yeah. written like i do that too a lot i try to like um like do that like at least once a day like i'll just write for like a half hour and I won't, like, pay attention to what I'm writing. I'll just write whatever's yeah. in my head. And then you can piece through that and find really yeah, some, awesome like, really, ideas for songs. Yeah, some really, really insane stuff. Yeah. Like, like, I like long car rides. Like, if I'm on, like, a bus trip somewhere. Uh-huh. And, like, you know, it's, like, 3.30 in the morning. I'm half awake. I just get my notebook and just, like, scribble down some shit. Yeah. And then, like, I, I completely forget about it. You know, three days later, I, like, find it and I'm, like whoa, what the fuck was that all about? Yeah. So that's, like, that's one thing I love about, like, I work, I work, I have to work overnight shifts a lot. Yeah. And, um, you know, it sucks. I hate working, like, 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. or anything like that. Like, it fucking sucks if you're just trying not to fall asleep the entire time. But I feel like creativity, like, create creatively, your brain works really well whenever you're, like, really tired or, like, three in oh, the yeah, sure. type area. So I get a lot of writing done while I'm at work. And that's awesome because, like, I, like... Pretty much everything I wrote for Voyager, what lyrically was done at work. Like I didn't write at home at all. Yeah. So that was a lot of that was really cool. The only thing I really did at home was you know recording and working on the the music. But um, yeah, work gives me a, like working overnights at least gives me like a great time. Like I can set aside that time so like I yeah. know I'll know my schedule for the week. So I'll be like, I won't have to feel rushed. I'll be like, oh, I can just do this at work and I'll feel, you know and it's okay. That's where like, you know, some of the other projects that I am doing got started as well so such as um i'm writing a graphic novel with my friend derek he's doing all the artwork it's called providence <laughs> yeah we should probably talk yeah. about this <laughs> let's talk about that <laughs> um <laughs> no that actually was like a really good segue though because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unplanned too because we're talking about writing which is great yeah and that's like all i do is write so like aside from hip-hop aside from like music i like to write other sort other t type of things i've been doing it my whole life as well like I've I have like notebooks upon notebooks of like half finished novels and like short stories that are actually finished sure. and like screenplays that are crazy <laughs> and like David Lynch would be like what the fuck are you talking about yeah like, <laughs> so like I have all these different kinds of things that I want to be involved in and like I never do it 
I never finish it or I won't publish it or I won't like, you know, try to put it out there. I don't know why. Like whenever I write fiction, I get really, 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 really self-conscious. Okay. So like it takes a lot for me to actually show someone like something that I'm wor working on that's fiction. And um, well, I started writing this graphic novel and uh, it was at work and I wrote like damn near half of it. And I was like, I didn't know it was going to be a graphic novel at the time. I was just like, I was writing a novel and I thought it was like a cool idea. So I took it to my buddy's house and I was like, I'm going to read you something. And he was like, oh, all right. So I just read it to him, everything that I had done. And he was, I was like, do you think you could draw anything for that? And he was like, yeah. So we started, you know, sketching stuff. And he's a really talented artist. So like he just put the first page that I, like the first sentence essentially. And was one drawing. And it was this fucking awesome drawing of this guy cutting into someone's neck with an axe. It was just fucking awesome. What was the sentence? Uh, <laughs> the sentence, the first sentence of the, uh, of the story is, um, my axe comes down upon the stranger's head, splitting it with ease, sending a red mist into the air. Okay. So that's how it opens up, and uh, he just drew that, and it was fucking awesome. It looked like something like Frank Miller would have drawn if like Frank Miller was more graphic than he already is. Sure. <laughs> it was okay. super fucking gory, and I was like, this is awesome. So we talked about making it a graphic novel, which he has never done, I've never done, and it's... Yeah. A lot of fucking work. Oh, we're, yeah, dude. <laughs> we're in the process right now of, um, he's drawing everything. We storyboarded dude, everything that's already. that's a and... fucking nightmare, dude. I still yeah. have, I still have my boards here. I tried to do a comic book. Yeah? A few years ago. And I got maybe, like, maybe, like, ten boards in, and I was like, fuck it's, this. It's I'm not so doing it. It's so much work. We, I will say, we did not expect it to be this much work for some reason. Oh, yeah. And now that we've, you know already started it i feel like both of us are really committed to doing it I, now. I mean why the fuck do you think a lot of comics have like there's the pencil guy then there's the ink oh, yeah. guy then it's there's the fucking... color guy you know it's i don't think it's a a lack of ability i think it's just like it's... oh you want issues every week motherfucker <laughs> this is how we have to do this yeah it's crazy and like that's why like we're going i we we talked about maybe releasing like each chapter as an issue and whenever we went through the story and looked at it like that, it, it wasn't going to work. There was no good ending spot to do that. Sure. So we, like, um, you know, we decided to make it all one volume. It's just going to be a graphic novel. Um, and we're doing everything ourselves. Uh, <laughs> we looked into paying people to do the inking and the coloring and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's crazy expensive. And I already put out, like, I already did a budget of what we need anyway. So, like, it would put, like, we're going to do a Kickstarter, and our Kickstarter budget is going to be $6,000 is what we're trying to raise. And if we would have paid for inking and coloring, it would have put it from 6000 to, like, $12,000. Oh, is, sure. Which is insane. Yeah. <laughs> so we decided to do it ourselves, and that's going to be fun, I think. It's going to be shitty, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> so do you have any, like, plans to do any, like, when you, uh, any, like, comic book shows, any of that kind of stuff, try to meet people. Yeah, that's... I was just up at New York Comic Con. Comic Con, yeah. That's there's, awesome, There's a, There's the a ton of people like you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to make it better. you working that out. Um, figuring it out. Yeah, we... I have a pl I have a marketing plan that I've already... You know, I have it all typed up that I'm... And it's like, I've got like a strict timeline that I'm keeping... That I'm holding myself to, which is why, like, musically, I've been putting that all on the back burner. Like, sure. I'm working... I'm focusing on this... At least for the next year, I'm focusing on this graphic novel. But yeah, um, we started a website, uh, ProvidenceNovel.com. <laughs> no, we started this website, and uh, we're using that as like sort of like a behind-the-scenes creation process, so people can watch what we're doing or like That's you know read up yeah. on what we're doing. I feel like 
I've read a lot of self-publishing articles, you know, in the past, like, four or five months now, and they all say, like, the earlier you get people involved in what you're doing, the the better outcome you're going to have whenever you finally start to present things. Yeah. So I started doing that. I'm, I, you know, I'm on Reddit. I'm on a couple other forums and stuff like that where I post whenever we make new posts on the website, obviously Facebook. And uh, we've actually been doing really well, uh, surprisingly. Um, we are averaging about like 50 to uh, 75 views per day on our website, which is ridiculously good considering the lack of information we have on the website currently. Well, I'll tell you what. I think that... If, uh, de uh, comparing it to, like, a DIY music community, mm -hmm. I think a DIY comic community, if we want to call it that, I don't know. Yeah. Um, there, I think that those people are just really excited for new content. They are. Always. Yeah, I've... It's not, uh, I think there's a, and I also think that there's a bigger base of people that are just consumers... Uh -huh. Instead of creators, yes. Whereas in like an underground music scene, Everyone's over half of the people are also creators yes. too. Um, especially as you get once you get older too, because a lot of the younger people fall out of it. When you get to like our age range, people that are into like really underground music are probably all trying to do something else of their own. Yes. And whether they want to support other people or not, they don't have the time to because it yeah. takes away. Yeah. But you're I've... not going to run into that with like a with... comic book. World yeah. As much. Yeah, it's really cool, actually. Uh, the support that I've gotten so far that we've received from, like, the website and emails and um, through Reddit and stuff is unreal. Like, any, it's it's already surpassed anything I've done musically. Like, people are just, like... I get comments and messages on Reddit, like, every other day now where people are like, I'm so excited for this. Let me know whenever... Really? Yeah. I've just, crazy. I never got into Reddit. I need to... I don't know. Reddit's... Can you do anything with music with that? Yes. Um, and it's actually... I haven't really gotten into it, but a lot of people use it. The Reddit community is really cool. And um, the, what's nice about Reddit is that everyone on there is on there because they are supportive. Like, no one's on there just to be a fucking dick. You know really? what I mean? Like, you'd think that they would because, like... I thought like, that would be, like, a, like a, like a haven of trolls. See, it, that's, like, a stigma, I feel like, of Reddit because you got, like, 4chan and all these other stupid websites that give, you know, most internet communities a bad name. But Reddit's actually extremely supportive, and they, like... Not only are they supportive, but they will reach out to you and be like, this, "I want to, I want to know when this is happening. Let me know." And like, it's wow. really, really cool. But yeah, like I posted up, like you know, just like a summary of what our story's about, and you know, I let people know that we have this website now, and most of my traffic uh, is coming from Reddit, That's which awesome. is pretty how, awesome. How are you hosting the site? Uh, WordPress. I okay. Pay, I paid for um, I paid for like my own personal domain name because I didn't want to do like providence.wordpress.com yeah you know I feel like there's like no credibility whenever you have stuff like that yeah. like I even on even on Bandcamp, I feel like you don't get much whenever you know I feel like if you tell someone that you have a .com as opposed to a .bandcamp.com.wordpress.blogspot whatever there's like a certain lack of credibility especially if you're trying oh, to yeah. like you know what I mean if you're trying to like show that you're actually working on something like whenever people are just like okay providencenovel.com that sounds like you yeah. might know what you're doing. I need to, like, look into some shit. Because I do have had TheRealSykes.com for a while. Mm -hmm. But kind of getting shafted on it. Really? And WordPress uh, is $18 <laughs> per year. Yeah. I mean, I... Super cheap. I, 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 who, the, the person that's in charge of this, I don't think they're going to hear it. If they do, you can message me for talking shit. <laughs> but, no... He's he's helped me out a lot, but I think he's gonna shaft me. I don't know yeah, why. I, I feel, feel like, like that's like where like 
a lot of problems come from is like you ask like you know you try to get people to help you with things that you might not necessarily know as much about which like for me is everything yeah <laughs> i've got like luckily i'm like i've got like a solid group of people that i can go to for advice you being one of them every time i talk about like music i always like or am i making something new i always try to go to you for advice because you know what you're doing as opposed to like me who's just starting out you know what i mean but like i have people that have like you know done not comic books but do, have done like graphic design and things like that so that i've been talking to you and i know people that build websites for you know their oh, dude, job it's so. all about networking yeah so it's i feel like it's you know whenever you have people that you can go to it works really well but sometimes you know you'll get people that are like yeah, I'll help you with this, and then, like, you know, you get really involved in it, and then, like, yeah, I'm not gonna do this. And yeah. Like, fuck. Yeah, or, like, people that, they want to help, but they don't understand the urgency. Yes. It's, like, not as big of a deal to them. Yeah. I had that happen whenever I was doing, um, this was an old project a long time ago, but I had this girl that was doing, that was helping me do, like, um, like, web design, essentially, and I was like, I need this up by this time, because I want to put this out then. And she just did, she just completely fucked me over, and, you know, we're still friends, but I'm never gonna ask her for her help again, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I get, like, even sometimes, like, you know, like, a lot of people, like, if you're friends with them, you're like, oh, can you help me out with this? But, like, I, lately, what I've been doing, especially with the graphic novels, like, I've been paying people for their time now, because I feel like no one wants to do anything, for, no one's gonna put their heart into something that they're not, that they don't feel like they're getting something out of. Yeah. And that's what, that's like what sucks, but that's why, you know, we have this awesome Kickstarter budget hey, that you know, I'm gonna... time is money. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, and that's, yeah. and that's true. I've, I've found out lately that, like, that's the best way to go about things. Like, everything that I've wanted to get done has gotten done because I've, you know, paid people to do it. And that, it's reasonable. Now that I, like, work all the fucking time, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Your You're time is, like... 36-hour weekend shifts. You've yeah, goddamn. <laughs> gotta spend the money somewhere. Yeah. I feel like there's, like, this really dumb stigma that I think got... It got latched onto me through, like, this, like, DIY punk community that I was kind of involved in, and you might have been loosely known mm -hmm. some people that were in it, too, where it's like, oh, like, you shouldn't spend money on this, and you shouldn't, like, charge people for this kind of stuff, mm -hmm. and... You know, and, like, to some extent, sure, you know, that's right. You know what I mean? Like, if you're playing, if you know, somebody, you shouldn't, like, play to pay a show or, like, you know, that kind of bullshit. But, like, yeah. sure, like, if somebody is asking you for money to design them a shirt, they're not an asshole. Yeah. They're taking time out of their day to do, to provide you with a service. Yeah, exactly. You're an asshole for expecting everything yeah. for free. Yeah. And that's, that's, I've found that out a lot lately, and I definitely and, yeah, agree with you, you. it's from that DIY like, community. Yeah, you shouldn't I was, feel like uh, an asshole asking people for money either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if, some, like I get people all the time that are like, oh hey, can you like help me record something? Like I know that you're busy, but it's like, I could, but you know, if you want me to help you record something, I'm gonna need this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't want to, I try not to come off like a dick, but it's like, you got to understand it's oh, like, yeah. that's time that like I could be doing a dozen other things. Yeah, definitely. I'm not trying to say that you're not important, but if you're coming to me asking me for a favor, I need something in return. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely get that. And I've learned throughout my years that that's like, like years of like trying to do like creative sh shit. That's like kind of how you have to go about things. Like the DIY community is great whenever you first get started and like, you know, like trying to do everything yourself and trying to you know, trying to, like, give everyone all your shit for free and stuff like that, but lately, like, I know you're the next, gonna, yeah. You're not gonna, the you're next, not gonna get to that next level. Yeah, the next album that I make is, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna charge for it. I've released my last two for free, and I honestly feel like if you're charging people, they're more inclined <laughs> to purchase it and listen to it, as opposed to just 
say they're going to listen to it yeah, and never do it. Yeah, you know, it. it's, you need to, but you, you, I don't, you need to find the right balance. Like, I feel like you need to give out some content for free, Absolutely. but just not all of it. Yeah. You Whenever know, you give out everything out. for free, it leaves no reason for anyone to pay attention, I feel like, essentially. Yeah, it just makes it seem kind of unimportant. Yeah. And it's like, the thing is like, what I'm going to try to do is like, I might release a song or two for free that I'm going to try to like physically get into people's hands. Mm -hmm. And if they like it enough, they're going to reach out like, Hey, where can I get the rest of this? Yeah. Oh, you know, it's five bucks online. Yeah. If you really care. See, that's what I'm doing with, that's what we're doing with the graphic novel. Yeah. Our like, our plan for that is we're going to release um, part one all by it. We're going to release part one by itself as an e-comic. And um, the day that we launch that is the same day that we're going to launch the Kickstarter. So, um, you know, people are going to be able to read part one. Part so you're going to have part one done. Yeah, part already. one will be done by the time the Kickstarter is, is live. And um, the reason for that is because part one ends on a huge cliffhanger, which was, <laughs> which was like, it was the perfect <laughs> strategy. It the, well, it was the perfect point, honestly. Part one sums up exactly, you, you'll know, like, whenever you're done with part one, you're going to understand exactly what the story's about. And you're going to understand the characters that are involved to an extent. Sure. And it also leaves you wanting to know what else is going to happen because I end part one at like a really fucked up place and it's cool. it's really dark and awesome and I'm really excited about it. So like people are going to be able to read that and then decide if they want to throw some money into the Kickstarter. And what's nice about that is like I'm going to give part one away for free and I'm only going to be selling the graphic novel for $25, which... Which is extremely reasonable considering oh, how dude. much printing and binding is. It's yeah. another fucking monster that I don't even want to get into yet. But it's, like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's very expensive. Yes. I wanted to do a, which I'm, I still might do. <sighs> Fuck, now I'm thinking about it. So for the the Sykes record that I have, uh -huh. I have eleven copies that are on black vinyl. They're yeah. the only eleven that were on black vinyl, okay. and I never they're they were sent to me extra. Oh, okay. And I was thinking of doing eleven copies of like uh this like special edition for black friday record store day nice on black vinyl and i wanted to like have like all of the lyrics in like a nice bound book yeah and like you know with the black record just 11 of them you know sell them you know 20 bucks or whatever but like just to get 11 books made they're like 30 bucks each and i was that's, like jesus yeah, that's christ the problem. nobody's gonna buy these things for 40 bucks off right of me. that's the problem with with printing books is like you can order if you order 500 of them you'll oh, yeah. be getting them for eight dollars a piece but you order 11 of them you're paying like 40 dollars for a book and then you have to sell it and hopefully break even which is insane yeah that's where we got our budget from where our initial run is going to be um 200 is what we're going to just we're going to print 200 then after that we're going to do print on demand which loses a ton of quality so i would not recommend doing that for anything that you want high quality for and that's why we're only going to do print on demand after the initial 200 run so we're going to have like our first edition and then maybe if that sells really well which obviously i'm hoping sure. um if it sells well i would do a second printing which then you know not to get How rid of the whole print on demand how big are these books going to be they're going to be um standard graphic novels it's 100 it's going to be roughly between 160 to 200 pages. Jesus Christ! Yeah, because, well, the way we're doing it is different than, like, a state... Like, if you've ever read, like, you know... Have, I'm sure you've read a graphic novel. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, there's not a whole ton of, like, narrative writing. A lot of it is told through, like, the pictures and the dialogue and, like, thought bubbles and stuff like that. We're not really doing that. <laughs> what we're doing, like, all dialogue is going to be word bubbles because that's the easiest way to do it. But... The because I wrote it as a novel before 
we transcribed it before we decided to do it as a tra as yeah. a graphic novel. So what we're doing is we're basically just putting the prose on the page with the picture. So like each panel has like five or six sentences that t explain the panel as opposed to like the panel explaining itself, which it will. Like a storybook. It's yeah, it's going to be like an illustrated novel if that makes any sense. It's sure. going to be a little different like it took us a long time to figure out the format and we decided that the way that we're doing it is kind of like fresh and original. I've I, I've never read anything like what we're planning on doing, and I've you know I've I love comics. I've read tons and I read tons of graphic novels, and um, I've never seen anything like what we're doing. So I think cool. what we're doing is pretty cool, and I think that's what people have been excited about so far. And I think that's where a lot of our like support has come from is that what we're doing is sure different. It's, it's standing out. Yeah, and people want to just see if I think people honestly just want to see if we can do it. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like it's you know I'm not trying to sound like a like in, like a dick, but it's ambi what we're doing is ambitious and, totally. and and I'm really excited about it. And I think people just want to see if we can do it because it's it's gonna be cool. We're handwriting all the we're handwriting the entire thing that I've already typed up, which is like crazy long but we're, we're handwriting all of that onto the page so it's going to look real cool and the format's really awesome like we have this one we have this one scene where i talk about um like you know the, it's like this is like sort of like a contemplative scene but like he he's watching the leaves um you know blow in the wind and he says like they come to life and like dance before they die again essentially and the way we wrote it is like each leaf on the page has a has a word above it so it looks like it's like um like I don't know. It's just really abstract the way that sure. we're doing this. It's very artsy. I really like like a lot of postmodern writing. I really like Daniel Lewski, if you've ever read House of Leaves. But um, the the format of House of Leaves is insane. Like sometimes you'll have like one word on a page. Sometimes you'll turn the page, and it'll all be in a spiral on the page, and it's really cool. So we're we're experimenting with different things like that. And um, what's really cool about that is in doing like experimenting with the format of the wording. Like, of, like, or of the lettering. We're also, you know, my buddy has to experiment with how he's going to do the art for it. So we have, like, really cool stuff going on where, like, there's one there's one specific page that I'm really excited about. And it's really, it doesn't even do anything for the story, really. It's, like, it's a part of the story. But, like, I'm excited for the page because this guy drops a picture and it falls through every panel. And the way he drew it is, un it's, it's really cool. Like, sometimes it'll be covering up a panel. Okay. Because, and it's, like, breaking the fourth wall. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it's, I don't know, I'm really excited about what we're doing, and it's its going to be really cool. Um, it sounds yeah. really cool. Yeah, it's, yeah, and I, I, I'm i trying to think of what I'm trying to say here. It's, it, it is super ambitious, and I feel like there's a lot of room for it to, like, fail in that sense, because, like, there's definitely going to be challenges in putting our panels together. Yeah. But, I like I said, like, I think we've come up with a really, really interesting format that's going to make it work. And I'm really excited to get part one out there. We have the prologue finished as of right now, so I'm really excited. How long is part one going to be? Part one is... Th each part is... There's three parts to the story. Each part is three chapters. With the exclusion of part one where there's a prologue beforehand. So that one's four chapters, technically. Um, so it's going to be four chapters long. It'll it'll be roughly 40 pages, I think. Jeez. Maybe a little longer. And that's what you're going to release for free? Yeah. And it's going to be... Uh, that that's gonna basically be like 
our prototype. So that's if you will. that's cool because you're really you're not just giving them like four pages. You're like giving them enough to dig in. Yeah. And then be like, fuck, I yeah. need more. That's that's <laughs> the, the point. The, yeah. Uh, the point from a marketing standpoint is like, let's get them hooked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. And so that's what we're trying to do. Like, we want to give you enough story to the point where by the time you finish it, you're gonna be like, well, fuck, I might as well give them twenty five bucks. <laughs> and like, you know what I mean? Because like, yeah. that's gonna be our standard. Like, we're gonna la- like we're on our Kickstarter, you know how you know with yeah. the reward system we're gonna do like one dollar for like the whole thank you thing and all that but really what we're you're pushing for those pushing for 25 bucks that's gonna be what we expect most backers from we're not gonna put a limit on that 25 dollars we have a lot of other really cool rewards that we're gonna be doing um yeah you could do like some shirts and shit yeah we have a lot of cool stuff that we're planning the coolest one that i'm excited about just to see if anyone even does it because i doubt anyone will but for 500 dollars um, you can be a character in the graphic novel and you're going to get killed in a really cool way. <laughs> so I feel like that's like, that's, that's awesome. yeah, they'll send it like whoever, that's, really, that's it, really cool. Yeah. If someone does it, they can send us their picture, like link us to their Facebook and we'll just take your face. Do you already have like a character written in that you're hoping yeah, you I have, could apply to somebody? I, I have four. So okay. there's only going to be four. I know the, these characters I can, I told Derek specifically, like, don't draw these characters yet. These are characters that we're going to try to get people to pay for. Sure. And, you know, if someone does it, that's going to be fucking awesome, just that someone decided to do that. And, uh, yeah, we're going to kill them in really cool ways. I already have it all written, and there's some, like, pretty sweet kills in this okay, story. Okay, that's cool. I'm not going to ask you to spoil it. No, I won't spoil that, but I, um... <laughs> um, I guess I should say what the story's about, because I sure, feel like... Sure, sure. Um, all right, so basic premise is this. Um, this guy, he, uh... You know, the scene opens, the first page opens with him killing, uh, he kills two people and a little boy. He kills two men, two men and a young boy. Uh, you don't really know why he's doing it, you just get the sense that he kind of likes to do it. Um, he, uh, opens, you know, he starts searching their bodies and stuff and he finds a picture of the little boy and he puts it in his back pocket and you're kind of like, well, okay, <laughs> he's a weirdo. So, um, he essentially, he goes to where he lives and, um, he gets into an accident and he, uh, you know, falls into a river and hits his head off of a rock. And whenever he wakes up, he has total amnesia. Um, no memory of who he, uh, who he was or where he's been or anything like that. Uh, he meets this girl named Haley, and together they sort of figure out, that, like, they find out that he has this picture of this little boy. And she pretty much convinces him that it's his son, and so they go off in search of him. And that's kind of, like, the premise of the story, is, like, the idea is that it's, like, this journey, and more so than a physical journey, it's going to be this, like, emotional, like, um, this emotional okay. journey where so, he's like yeah, trying we're not, to f- we're not dealing with like superheroes and anything like no that. absolutely not it's just this guy it's it's obviously it's like a post-apocalyptic type story there's no zombies fuck that i'm done with the zombies <laughs> <laughs> no i'm like so over that shit but no there's no zombies it's just like um this guy just lives in this end of the world type scenario and like you know human beings are kind of like all like you know you know how human beings would be in that sense and yeah. like um, this guy just kills people and takes their shit because he wants to survive and he wants to fucking have whatever he wants because he's not a good guy. So, like, that's that was, like, where the idea came from. I wanted to write a story that was one of the the people that you never follow in a post-apocalyptic setting. Like, you sure. never follow the, the guys that are just killing people. Yeah. So, what I did to make it interesting, because you can't just follow some sociopath around and expect it to be a good story. <laughs> so, what I did was just, I start you off knowing that he's this fucking terrible person, and then, boom, he's a clean slate. And... He's going to go through some, you know, pretty heavy shit, and it gets very, it gets pretty philosophical, and, you know, about, like, you know, like I said, like, my next album's gonna be pretty nihilistic, that's how, this story's kind of like that, too, but, um, it's basically, you're, you're following this guy on this, like, path to see if he ultimately is, you know, gonna 
change how he is or not, essentially. It's pretty cool. I didn't describe it very well. No. The website describes it a lot better. Okay. Well, they <laughs> should go onto the website. Yeah. What's the website? Uh, ProvidenceNovel.com. Yeah, you heard it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, I can't describe it very well without reading what I wrote. You know That's what I mean? Okay. No, I think you, I I get an idea. Yeah, it'll be pretty cool. I'm excited about it. It's um, it's really violent. If you're into that shit. Is there any uh, relevance to the name? Providence. Yes. Um, I should have said that. See, I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the town that the the little boy's wearing a shirt that has um. His school, like, he's on, like, the school baseball team. This is Providence Piranhas. So they think he's in this town called Providence, and Haley knows where it is. So they're going to Providence to see if his, his quote-unquote, son okay, is there. Okay, sure. That's why they're going there. And then Providence also is, like, you know, the word means, like, um, preparing for fate, essentially. So, um... Mm, double meaning. Yeah, so that's kind of where I came up with all that. And it's just going to be one of those kind of moody, graphic ultraviolent stories oh no that seems really <laughs> awesome i think you have a, a really good idea on your shoulders thanks i'm excited for i'm excited for people to actually see it and not just listen to me describe it because i kind of <laughs> am so bad at doing that i don't know why i'm always bad at describing my own shit i know you did fine <laughs> well right. i want to thank you for coming over no problem man and uh i don't know is there anything else you need to plug where can people <laughs> listen to your music iTheConflict.bandcamp.com. I the conflict as in like the letter I. Uh huh. I always tell people I the conflict and they're like E Y E and I'm like nah. So yeah, <laughs> I the conflict That's my music and uh, yeah. All right. That's pretty much all the plugs that I got. Cool. Well, that's more than enough. Well, thanks right. for coming over, man. No problem, dude. Thanks for having me. Cool. And that is all, folks. I want to thank you guys so much and gals, people. I want to thank you, people for sticking around i hope i hope you learned something i hope you had a fun talk fun talk we talked you listen hope you had a fun listen jesus christ i can't get anything right today i'm just really hyper i don't know why i think i've been going at everything all day all i've had to eat is a fucking bagel it's like a little after 9 p.m i'm really fucking hungry and i'm just trying to get this done you would think you know, if I talked less, I could get to the food sooner, but I just keep talking about the food. Ah. Anyways, Josh is a great guy. You know, if if you don't know him, be sure to check out his music and check out his stuff for that book, the graphic novel that they're putting out. And, you know, all the links were there. He said them. I'll have them in the description if I remember to put them. And yeah, I guess that's it, you know. For those of you who usually listen to this whole episode, you know that last week I wasn't too sure if I was even going to have an episode for this week. But, you know, luckily Josh pulled through and we just recorded this shit a couple hours ago. So now there's an episode for you now that you're listening to that was recorded yesterday or whenever you're listening to this, you know, ugh, ugh, shut up, shut up, Brian. Okay, I'm sorry. Anyways. Again, I don't have an episode for next week, so I don't know if there's going to be one. We'll see what happens. It's going to be crazy. Maybe, or maybe there just won't be anything. Fucking stop talking. I am Sykes. Start the beat. 2014. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.